Welcome to Red Pill Torah, calling believers from man's institutions to God's instructions. It's time to talk about the seventh word. I'm Tim. And I'm Miss. Today we're going to talk about adultery. Our Heavenly Father had a lot to say about it, and so did Yeshua. No stone casting, please. Let's talk about it. If you didn't know, the Torah is the first five books of the Bible. Understanding and believing the Torah gives context to the rest of the Bible. You can email us at redpilltorah at gmail.com. Find us at our website, www.redpilltorah.com. Follow us on redpilltorah.podbean.com, on Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, YouTube, or wherever you hear your favorite podcasts. We love to hear from you. And don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. And a big shalom to our listeners in Oklahoma and France. Listen now for Red Pill Torah on a radio station near you. At the time of this recording, it's been almost 34 years since Miss and I married each other. Mama, you don't even look 34 years old. Oh, Daddy. You know, they've been wonderful years, and I pray that we have many more to come. Amen. That's very sweet of you. And I love you with each and every passing year as well. I love you, Mama. Not long ago, I saw some statistics on marriage. About a year ago, the Institute for Family Studies published some research about marriage in the United States. I'll read two sentences from the article. For nearly 50 years, people who attend church regularly marry at much higher rates and, for a majority of the population, those who attend church frequently also divorce at lower rates than the rest of the population. Hmm. Looking at the data... The overall marriage rate seems to change over the years, and it changes at the same rate for regular church attenders and people who don't attend church. Yeah, you know, I see that. The study also shows the data um, separately for white and black people. The likelihood of divorce for black married couples seems significantly higher than the divorce rate for white married couples. That is true for church-going and non-church-going married couples. Well, it all sounds terrible. Mm-hmm. Please add marriages to your prayer list. Join us in supporting the covenant of marriage, the way Jehovah Elohim ordained it to be. We now know that marriage is a picture of the covenant Jehovah made with Israel. And I'm sure we'll talk more about that in this podcast. The ideal of marriage and covenant is interwoven throughout the ten words. We find a clear direct reference to marriage in the seventh word. Exodus 20, verse 14 in Hebrew reads, Lo tina alf. In King James English, that's, Thou shalt not commit adultery. The Hebrew word na'af translates to commit adultery. So that's pretty clear and direct. Now let's talk about the meaning of adultery. The straightforward definition of adultery is consensual sexual contact between a married woman and someone other than her husband. When we look back at the Hebrew culture in the Bible days, some men had more than one wife or concubines, for example. Now, that's not to say that it's cool for a married man to be loose. As men of Elohim, we need to keep it tight, as we say on the west side of town. In King James Bible language, we need to possess our vessels in sanctification and honor. We find that scripture in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. Starting at verse 3 in the complete Jewish Bible, it says, What Elohim wants is that you be holy, that you keep away from sexual immorality, that each of you know how to manage his sexual impulses in a holy and honorable manner, without giving in to lustful desires like the pagans do, 
who don't know Elohim. Tim, this instruction from the Apostle Paul is for everyone, men and women. Mm -hmm. We also see that Yeshua warned men against adultery, dealing with the root cause. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 27 through 28, Yeshua taught the following. You have heard that our fathers were told, do not commit adultery. But I tell you that a man who even looks at a woman with the purpose of lusting after her has already committed adultery with her in his heart. Yeah, I'm with you, Mama. Men do not get a pass when it comes to adultery. Like so many other sins, it starts in the heart and works its way out as something really bad. Mm -hmm. Adultery gives occasion for Hasatan, or Satan, to do what he does, steal, kill, and destroy. By the way, the ten words expressly prohibit two of the three things that Hasatan does, stealing and killing. So what Hasatan may destroy, though, Yehovah Elohim can restore many times over. 1 John chapter 3, verse 8 tells us that, For this purpose the Son of Elohim was manifested, that he might destroy the works of Hasatan. Mm -hmm. Now what the Son of Elohim destroys, no one can restore. Amen to that, Daddy. Amen. Since we are not appointed to see the wrath of Yeshua, we separate ourselves from the things he will destroy. That includes adultery and every work that is related to it. A few minutes ago, I read 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, where Paul warned believers to stay away from sexual immorality. Remember the Ten Words or Ten Commandments are a way to categorize all of the law and the prophets. That means that other types of sexual immorality fall under the category of adultery. We know that they are not the exact same act or sin as adultery. However, they are related in that all of them are sexual sins. 1 Corinthians 6 lays out a compelling case against sexual immorality. Starting at verse 15, it says, Don't you know that your bodies are parts of the Messiah? So... Am I to take parts of the Messiah and make them parts of a prostitute? Heaven forbid. Don't you know that a man who joins himself to a prostitute becomes physically one with her? For the Tanakh says, the two will become one flesh. But the person who is joined to Jehovah is one spirit. So run from sexual immorality. Every other sin a person commits is outside the body. But fornicators sin against their own body. Fornication is consensual sexual contact between two people who are not married to each other. In the instance Tim read about, at least one of the participants is routinely involved with multiple people. In the Bible days, sexual immorality led to confusion as it relates to paternity and inheritance. Mm -hmm. A child fathered by a man not married to his mother could claim portions of an inheritance that he or she would normally not be legally entitled to. That couple's actions created obvious entanglements of interests, identities, and much more. Tim, when you read 1 Corinthians verse six, or chapter 6, I understood Paul to be warning us to avoid the physical and spiritual entanglements that can result from sexual immorality. When we say sexual immorality, it may suggest the question, whose morality is the standard here? After all, we live in a time when many people feel very strongly that they should be able to do what they think is right. That means that, to many people, their moral standard is up to them. So with everyone having their own standards of morality, 
the result would be that there really is no moral standard. We who follow the Elohim of Israel recognize that this world, its inhabitants, and everything else was made by Him. Mm -hmm. As the maker and owner of creation, the Elohim of Israel is uniquely able to set the rules and standards for morality, standards for right and wrong. So we strive to live by His standards, as written in His Word. We follow the example of Yeshua, the one who embodied His instructions perfectly. We rely on the teacher and comforter, the Ruach HaKodesh, to lead us in the ways of the Creator. The red pill for us wasn't realizing that this world is at odds with the Creator's standards. It was realizing that we, following traditions of men in many cases, were living by standards that were out of line with God's instructions. As our eyes were open to our shortcomings, we had no interest in judging other people's ways. We judged ourselves and we began to change our ways according to Jehovah's Word. We're still learning and still changing, but what about you? What would you do if you discovered that the way you live your life and some of your beliefs were out of line with God's instructions? Would you take the blue pill and adopt a flexible approach to what is considered sexually immoral? Or would you take the red pill, examine yourself against the standards of Jehovah Elohim, and change what you believe and do based on His instructions? Only you can answer that question. When you don't live as this world lives, people may accuse you of judging them. Making a personal decision to not live as they do may offend them, but there's not a lot that we can do short of living by their standards to appease these people. Maybe it's time we decide who to offend, people around us or our Creator and Elohim. It is possible to love your neighbor as yourself and not live as they do. Possible, but not always easy. A common theme of the book of Leviticus is holiness. That means living in a way that sets one apart from the world and in line with God's instructions. Leviticus 18 gives a very detailed list of what Jehovah Elohim considers sexual immorality. You can also find references to these sins in the New Testament. Remember, the Bible is one book, not an Old and a separate New Testament. Yeshua taught that the whole of the law hangs on loving Elohim with all we have and loving our neighbors as we love ourselves. We love our neighbors by not committing adultery. Adultery erodes trust in our communities and hurts people in deep ways that are hard to overcome. It is a breach of covenant and covenant is the way Elohim relates to his people. Adultery is a primary form of sexual immorality. Related types of sexual immorality can be found in Leviticus 18, as these instructions were spoken directly by Jehovah Elohim. Ignoring them is a breach of his covenant, just as an adulterer breaks covenant. Adultery grieves the heart of our Creator, just as it grieves the heart of a trusting spouse. Think of the scriptures in which Elohim described Israel as an unfaithful bride. He used the marriage covenant to illustrate his feelings about Israel's idolatry for a reason. It shows the anger and grief in his heart when we don't keep covenant with him. That's why adultery is not to be named among us. When we keep covenant with our Elohim, we will be pure and ready for his return. Well, Daddy, that's all we have time for today. Nice job, Mama. Nice job, Daddy. Friends, please join us next week when we discuss the eighth word. Thanks for spending 15 or so minutes with us at Red Pill Tour where you can handle the truth. <laughs>